Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? It is Victory Tuesday, fourth week in a row. How are we feeling? I'm feeling like it's 4-0. I'm feeling the exact Brian? same way. 4-0, baby. <laughs> That's how it's we're four and oh, it's Cowboys week. We're in October. It feels like football. I don't think it gets much better than this. It's like Schlitz commercial. Um, <laughs> for those Actually, of you turning, no, I think, John, I have to correct you, John. I think it was old Milwaukee. Yeah. I have to correct you. <sighs> Why do for I the... know random beer commercial yeah. trivia? I just do. <laughs> For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is John. I'm joined by my brother, Tim, and my brother from another mother, Brian. We're three obsessed Niners fans who get together weekly to talk Niners football. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Niners victory over the Cardinals and the Cowboys preview for Sunday night football. So if you have a chance, leave a review, give us a like, subscribe. We do this just for the hell of it, right? And for the money. So we'd love to hear from you. So, Brian, man, you got to actually go to the game. Tell us about the vibe of Levi's. It was, uh, it was pretty good. I, it wasn't, this was my first game of the year. So it was pretty exciting to go. Um, the tailgating section was crazy as always, especially in the, in the, um, what is it, the main lot right in front, which I think, I think it's Green Lot one. Barbecue pits. People throwing footballs, um, obviously people drinking, a lot of music, a lot of dancing. It was it was fun. The tailgate that I went to was a little on the quieter side. It got pushed out to the blue lot, which was like on the dirt ones right behind it. But it was just, just as good too. Oh. Great food. It was, yeah, it was a great experience, great vibe. I, I think people were just looking forward to getting this game over with. And there was a lot of people, I think, talking about targeting the Cowboys for next week. But, uh, you know, not a lot of Niner fans were, I think, crazy about going to this game. I think just because it was the Cardinals of all things. But um, they're definitely definitely ramping up the excitement for the Cowboys. I could just sense it and feel it. Because every time during the game, whenever Dallas, whenever there was a, you know, a score again in the Dallas in the, um, in the Dallas game, they were showing that on the big screen. So, yeah, it was pretty good. Cool. Yeah, great experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, there was a bit of sad news this week. One of the more colorful tight ends, kind of a precursor to George Kittle, Russ Francis, uh, passed away in a plane crash in Upper State, New York. And for those of you who know the history of Russ Francis, him dying in a plane crash is not unsurprising because of yeah. what he used to do. So, Tim, you're kind of our resident 49ers historian. Give us some thoughts yeah. on Russ Francis. Yeah, uh, first of all, you know, condolences to Russ, you know, Russ Francis, uh, his family. Like you said, very colorful uh, character, but very integral part of the 49ers. Um, second Super Bowl, Super Bowl 19, he was um, brought out of retirement. His coup was convinced uh, to come out of retirement by Bill Walsh. He joined the Niners in 1982. He was a terrific, you know, blocking, catching, tight end, but very colorful personality you know, both on and off the field and a couple of stories. Russ used to like to, you know, you mentioned, you know, he was a pilot and when the 49ers would have their training camp in Rockland, Russ, much to the chagrin of the 49ers uh, management, used to like to buzz the 49ers practice fields in his Cessna, <laughs> right, you know, coming treetop level. You know, the other was, uh, I think it was the off season, he told Bill Wallace that, you know, I'm going to go out and try to set a land speed record in the you know, Ma Mojave Desert. Bill Wall says, well, I don't want you to do that because if you get into an accident, you might get injured. And Russ Francis says, if I get into an accident, you won't be able to find my watch. <laughs> so there was, you know, there was, that was his personality. And there was another game I remember. Uh, I mean, the guy really could play, but there was a game in 1986. Montana had just come back from back surgery and they're playing the Redskins on a Monday night. 
And Dexter Manley had gone off in the press about he was going to treat Joe like any other quarterback, meaning I'm going to go out there and I'm going to knock his bell. And Walsh anticipated this. He knew that Manley was very, Manley was a very aggressive, very, um, very good defensive end for the Redskins at the time. And he just kept running Russ Francis in motion. And Russ, which I think was legal at the time, just delivering cracks on Manley every chance he got. And at one point, Dexter Manley just looked up, looked at Bill Walsh as if to say, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Russ Francis, you'll be missed. Oh, and rest in peace. Yeah, really one of the, probably the first great Irish tight end, because yeah. right after him, you had John Frank, and you had Brent Jones, and now, of course, you have Kittle. Yeah. Um, nope. But yeah, Vernon he reminds me, and Vernon Dane, um, but he reminds me the most of Kittle, and and hopefully we'll see something on Sunday night as a little tribute to Russ, and maybe George will wear a t-shirt or, or something like that. But yeah, rest in peace, Joe Russ. Sad to see you go. Uh, but anyway... Let's let's move on. Uh, so we had a game. Niners defeated the Cardinals. Brian, since you were there, what are your overall thoughts on the game? So I think watching a game live is probably a little bit different than the experience of watching it at home. And I'll be honest, I didn't watch the replays. But in terms mm -hmm. of me watching it from in the stands, um, the offense looked pretty fluid and pretty smooth, obviously. Um, I know Purdy had a really good day throwing the ball and I don't think he missed any any um any passes in the first half and obviously CMC was running all over people so from what I can tell in the stands the offense looked great the ball was moving the ball was flying everything looked great from the defensive side in terms of watching the game it just looked like there was always like a pass just a little bit too far or maybe just James Conner just turning the corner just a little bit too far or Dobbs kind of running it out just a little bit too far and, and getting past our defender. So that's just what I could sense from watching it. But um, I don't know, maybe I'll hand it off maybe to Tim. I don't know what your thoughts are on the offense and then maybe coming back to the defense. What do you guys think about that? Well, anytime you put up 35 points, I think that's just, that tells you how good your offense is. And as you said, Purdy, you know, 20 yeah. of 21, obviously a magnificent day at quarterback um you know i look at this game as just maybe a, a three-part series you know the first first part of the 49ers really dictated the tempo you know they take a 21 to 3 lead and then the cardinals decide to gamble a little bit they go for it on a fourth and two a yeah. direct snap um when the 49ers were expecting punt uh they get they then go down they get they get a touchdown just before the half and then in the third quarter, I thought that the Cardinals really were taking it to the 49ers. They definitely were playing the game on their terms. Uh, the 49ers offense was able to match that uh, with scores of their own. But until Javon Hargrave's Hargrave sack in the fourth quarter, I think that was the turning point. You know, this was a Cardinal team that I don't think any of us looked at and said this is going to be a cakewalk given to what they did against the Cowboys. But... We've also talked about complementary football. There are going to be days where, you know, the defense isn't delivering what we anticipated, but the offense, just based on their just, you know, ability just to move the ball almost at will, they only punted once. Um, you know, that was the difference with the 49ers. And, you know, they, they come away with a 35-16 win, and, and they're 4-0. So, you know, that's their days are not going to be always going to be, their days are not going to be perfect on, you know, either side of the ball, but you have players that can pick up a, you know, pick it up when when it's necessary. John, what are you Yeah, that? I watched the game on a plane ride home, uh, and thankfully the internet is really good on American Airlines. It's, it's just <laughs> like, well, I just watched it on my phone. Uh, really, I I have to say the Cardinals are a good football team. And frankly, the NFC West is the best division in the NFC right now. There are no slouches. Whereas in the NFC East, the Giants are not so hot. Uh, you know, Atlanta's like, eh. And then um, in the NFC North, the Bears are just a train wreck. So there's not going to be any easy victories. And you may see, I think, three teams come out of the NFC West for playoffs. Yeah, the Niners' sure. offense was the story of this game. They looked really good. Brock Purdy, you know, twenty for twenty-one. He 
just puts the ball in the right place every single time. And one of the things I really noticed about him this time around is he always hits everybody in full stride. And that's one of those things like they're just, you get a Debo and Ayuk and they're in full stride. They're going to keep on going. So it was really impressive. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a career day. He probably could have had five touchdowns, but uh, the offense is what carried the day. Defense looked a little bit off. Uh, and again, it's I thought Dobbs was particularly good. Yeah, uh, He stayed in there and oh, took yeah. some pretty big hits. Uh, and he also was turning the corner uh, as well. Uh, so I actually think yeah. the Cardinals... Uh, were were a pretty good test uh, for the Niners, um, but yeah, I mean, I th- it was really I was really pleased. I never felt uh, that the Niners were really out of control in that game, uh, so I think they they handled the business, and now we're on the Cowboys' beak. But let's look, as always, at our keys to victory because as procrastinators, so far we're doing pretty well. Our first key to victory was <laughs> containing a mobile quarterback. I want to give the Niners kind of a C on this. You know, I, I think they did a decent job. I mean, he didn't gash them like the, he did the Cowboys, but he was able to move around and, and get a few touchdowns, as Brian alluded to, turn the yeah. corner a few times. Uh, and I think he, uh, he showed where the Niners can be, can be stretched uh, for, for some future... Uh, offensive coordinators. Tim, any other thing on the yeah. keys to victory? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I just go back to Dawes. I mean, I'm just, you know, looking at the stats here. He had 12 rushes for 48 yards. Uh, his his longest you know, was 12. But, you know, he, he gets out of that pocket and, you know, he can make something happen. And, and we talked previously about the Niners' uh, challenges uh, containing a mobile quarterback. But I was really actually more impressive Dobbs in the pocket. Um, as you said, John, he was taking some, he was taking some hips. He was taking some pops, but he was delivering very good passes uh, to his receivers. Uh, and, and one of which was a, a rookie from Stanford who had a, a little bit of a, a homecoming there. It was Wilson was his name. He yeah. Had seven mm-hmm. catches, 76 yards and, and two touchdowns. So, I think the other thing that impressed me about the Cardinals was, you know, they were down 21-3 in this game. You know, they're, you know, you're on the road, your backs are against the wall, um, and that team kept its composure. They easily could have, you know, a turnover, I think, kills that team. But I, I think, John, as I, you and I talked after the game, I think it's they really believe in the system that the new coach, their new head coach, is, uh, is trying to implement there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with you. Um, but, Brian, how good... Was it back to see Brandon Ayuk catching the football? Oh man, it was great to see him out there. He, he I know he didn't score any touchdowns, but what did he have? Like almost 150 yards on on what six or seven throws to him. So um, he looked good. He, he from what I could see in the stand uh, stands watching the game, he always seemed to be in an open spot. Like he would cover. He let's say he would do like this really deep route, and he would slant in, and then Purdy would just hit him on a dime. So he. Just looked good. He had a lot of movement. He he always was able to get away from his defenders. And but I think everyone was super impressed, kind of the way he he came back after um, missing the missing the last game. I think one of the plays that I think just this tells you how much confidence Kyle Shanahan has in Ayuk. Uh, when the Cardinals closed the lead to five, uh, they were down twenty one sixteen. Niners get the ball back. Very first play, Purdy hits Ayuk for thirty four yards. Yeah, and that yeah. was just a that that to me was just like all right, it's it's a ball game, but we're we're not backing off. We're gonna right back after you. No, I agree. He he looked great, and it was good to have him back on the field. Uh, but another one of our keys to victory, Tim, was stopping the run. Mm-hmm. I have to say, for the most part, the Niners accomplished this. Uh, they did. I mean, the Cardinals running game never was really, I think, a threat. I was more worried about Dobbs and, and you know, you know, in yeah. the pocket and whether the 49ers were able to get to him and, you know, force a, a bad pass or was he going to be able to um, bring the Cardinals back into the game. But uh, my biggest thing was what happened at the end of the game or post game run. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any insight, but, you know, there is, um, there's, um, yeah. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. Does anybody want to explain the story of the little push and shove? Mealy, we. Brian, did you? Oh, you had already left. I had, had already, already left. left. I had already left, and then, and so I, I didn't see that part. But um, I don't know. Maybe he was mad because uh, Huff wasn't he one of the guys who took him down on that two point conversion? Yeah, Ufanga was out there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, pretty, I don't know if yes. it's that. Who knows? The the what I had heard on the the McAfee show was that Huff had said to James Conner, I guess one of the, when he was on the pile or something like that, that he was a fairy. Wow. And I think James Conner <laughs> took exception to that. So seeked out Huff after the game to tell him he wasn't. <laughs> so uh, who knows? I mean, I obviously he was pretty mad at him for something, but and they had to be separated. But uh, you know, afterwards, uh, nobody. Nobody really wanted to say anything in the mainstream press about that. Right. So yeah. that seemed a little bit odd. So um, I did like how Kittle was there breaking it up. Yeah. So, you know, Kittle's got a lot of skills. Patrick, there were some catching pass, you know, catching passes and breaking up fights. Yeah. I mean, he is a wrestler. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And he was a, he was at the WWE event, I think, the following night. So there you go. I think Huffington. Think, excuse me, Ufango was with him. He was. WWE uh, trucks were oh, all over all over San Jose on that on Sunday. So you could see them everywhere. <laughs> so it was funny. Brian, when so one of our keys was converting in the red zone. Where were you for some of these touchdowns? Uh, I was in a corner seat near um, near the suites um, on the second level, so section two hundred. Um, I did see. Yeah, I saw some of. Um, I think I saw the first two CMC touchdowns, so I think they came my angle, and I think um, it just came my way. Um, yeah, they were really good seats right in the corner, so you definitely got to see um, the CMC kind of take take them in. So it was great, great to see them there. Yeah, I think this was really impressive on how much they converted in the red zone. Tim, do you have any? I think stats on. Was it was it a hundred percent? I mean, it was, uh, it was they pretty were good. Five, of five, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's there's, no, there's no, no doubt about that. No, I mean five five touchdowns. I mean, you know, and of course four by by CMC. So I mean, you guys know I love field goals, but I love touchdowns just a little bit more. Yeah, I we should explain <laughs> that to our listeners. <laughs> it started as a joke on the text string, and because for the longest time, I think 2019, every First drive was a field goal. We're like, oh, Tim loves field goals. But really, we all hate them. So, um, unless they're Robbie Gold sending the Packers home. So, yeah, and then I, this is the last key of the game. The Niners were serious about the Cardinals. They didn't look past them. If the Cardinals had come in 0-3, it might have been a different story. But I think the Dallas game woke them oh, up. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, so I I was really impressed. So yeah, out of the five keys to victory, I think they got four and a half, which translates into a blowout. Absolutely. So, all right, well, let's move on to one of my favorite parts, stars of the game, and it's not Taylor Swift. So, Tim, who was your first star of the game? Just, I don't know. I was going to try to think of some uh, where I could throw in the term Swifty, but you know, nothing's coming to mind. But maybe if our podcast hits enough listeners we can have some listenies i don't know never mind whatever you yeah you, you can probably edit that out but i know you won't so nationites we'd have <laughs> nationites there you go nationites <laughs> i like it i like it. um you know i i try to look for one of the lesser known uh, folks i'm gonna go with javon hargrave you know, not only did he have i think the biggest player of the game he had the sack on dobbs uh, in the fourth quarter uh which um i i think you know the Cardinals were forced to punt, and then Irish just milked the clock all the way down uh, to seal the victory. Uh, but not only because of that, but he's got three sacks on this season so far, and that's more than the, any 49ers all of last year of any 49er interior lineman. So um, I think the dividends are paying off on that free agent acquisition. So he is my star of the game. Brian, who's your star of the game? Well, I guess it's easy to pick Christian McCaffrey because he did have four touchdowns. So three rushing, 106 yards um, on the ground. And then it looks like he had 70, 71 yards receiving and another touchdown receiving. So four touchdowns in total. So yeah, he would be, I think, every fantasy player fan, he would be the star of the game. So he definitely cleaned up over there. Yeah. John, who do you think 
is your star of the game? Uh, my star of the game is Brock Purdy. Yep. Uh, 20 out of 21, well over 200. 283. Uh, 283. I mean, yep. no interceptions, just efficient. Uh, I didn't really see him take too many shots. I think he was he was my star of the game. Uh, question for you guys as we get to the, the, the next star. I think CMC is going to be an MVP candidate. We've had four games thus far, and he has been uh, the integral part of every one. So I, I don't, it's a small sample size, but you know, um, who else would you pick right now? I can't think the, of anyone. The only yeah. other one would be Josh Allen. Yeah, I'd say Josh Allen, you know, and granted, you know, he's off to a hell of a start as well. But I just, I don't see any team, I don't see any player right now as dominant. Um, who, who is the last? Such a difference. Who is the last MVP not to be a quarterback? Like, do you guys, what, what comes to Adri mind? Then? Adrian Peterson from the Vikings, oh, 2,000 yeah. yards. That's right. That's right. And before that, LaDamian Tomlinson. So it's almost always a quarterback, but. Yeah, I have to say, I think CMC right now is the MVP. Yeah, I do too. He just looks beyond awesome. It's Tim. Does it give you uh, flashbacks to Roger Craig? Um, yeah, a little. I, I think you know the the with Craig. I mean, if you if you look at the '85 season, you know the player he, when he got a thousand rushing and a thousand receiving. Absolutely. You know, I think at the time, you know, Jerry Rice was a rookie. They were still trying to, you know, fit him fully into the system. So he was he was the focal point and CMC is the focal point right now. I, I just think I look across this Niner offense and I see so many weapons that watching CMC just time and time again get the ball, produce results. It just if I'm a defensive coordinator, at some point I have to commit to CMC and stopping mm -hmm. this guy, which is going to leave other people open. And that's what I think I'm waiting for, uh, because here's a game where the 49ers, they put up 35 points and Debo Samuel does not have one single catch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but anyway, getting back to the stars of the game, Brian, anybody else that Moody, he had, he was, he was Jake Moody, five for five we extra points. <laughs> we love our so, kickers. Let's go with him. We love our he, kickers. Well, I'll go, I'll, I'll go with the whole special teams. Uh, for a couple, one is during the one punt we had, Wisniewski <laughs> yeah. put it down on what the five, and then the guy who came up from the practice squad, yeah, gets it <laughs> oh, on the yeah, one, plays hot potato with it, yeah. That was a great, like, great you know what? Play. You just you had your opportunity and you took it, and it was you did so. Start the game to that guy, yeah. <laughs> um, you know for 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 doing for doing that, but yeah, no, I mean it, it was an offensive juggernaut uh which brings us to places we can improve because as i like to say every week it's not all sunshine lollipops so brian any places you think the niners can improve a little bit because we know who's coming to town on sunday night well um you know i was really high on ambry thomas and i think a lot of us were in mm -hmm. in the preseason yeah. and you know i could even see it like in the stands like he was out there and he got picked on and I don't know how many yards he actually gave up, but you could just kind of see it from a fan perspective at the game. Like, okay, they're going to mm -hmm. throw to whatever side he's covering. And I think they took him out for a little bit, right? Yeah. If I understand. And they may have placed him with, mm -hmm. like, uh, is it Isaiah Oliver? I'm, I'm, I don't know why it comes to mind. Yeah, but... and then move Lenore back. Yeah. So, you know, the corners, the corner position is probably something that's going to get picked on again this week if Ambry Thomas is out there. Um, I don't know if he's not handing off receivers proper, um, you know, to the safeties or if he's not sticking with, you know, with someone long enough, but, you know, I think he's going to get picked on. And that's probably, you know, one place that I know um, Stephen Wilkes and the defensive coordinator, uh, the defensive team are going to probably look at this week. So I don't know, Tim, what do you think over here on your side? Yeah, well, I would say, you know, with Ambry Thomas, uh, Brian, judging from the your vantage point at Levi's, um, yeah. those two plays, in the second quarter, I think one was a, uh, I think one, it, it, he got nailed for a, an interference call or, uh, or I don't remember if that was, no, I don't think that was Thomas, but uh, two plays. Yeah. He was burned that led to the Cardinals touchdown yeah. uh, before uh, halftime. I would just say, you know, with the defense, there were a couple of plays that I thought really could 
have been the ball game. Uh, one was in the first half. Um, uh, Fred Warner had a shot in interception just before mm-hmm. the half. That could have been just, uh, you know, I think they could have put the Cardinals away before the half. Various Ward had a shot in an interception in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, he just lost the ball in the sun. So, yeah, I think mean, those are the kind of plays, especially against a team like the Cowboys, that you, know, you don't want to have the what ifs. You know, those are the plays that you are going to want, you, that you need to make uh, in order to uh, to beat a team like the Cowboys. So, those those would be my two areas. I think just just the missed opportunities on on defense. Yeah, I'm going to go with you know there's a couple one is um, I did my Nick Bosa run today. I ran a nice. mile <laughs> last year. At this time, I was running six miles. Like, I mean, he's still pressuring. He's still awesome. He's still great. But let's step it up a little bit, Nick. Let's get John running. Um, I the only thing that was of concern on the D was giving up an 87 yard drive and a 99 yard drive. Now, granted, the 99 yard drive came with a fake punt, and that you know, Ambry Thomas blew two coverages. But those are kind of the like. Those let teams back into games. Uh, and if you're really going to be facing an elite team, which we all think Cowboys are, you just want to get those guys off the field. And that's that's also why it was weird that the Niners offense didn't have as many plays as usual uh, because of those two drives. So, you know, again, we're talking about an elite team right now. The power rank is their number one, but I, those are the two. That's the only place I, I would look at to improve. So, um. But yeah, anything else from week four? No. no was- I know we're going to get to it, but you know, we had the Cowboys game circled the moment the schedule came out back in what April, May. So we need, we need to get we need to start talking about that. They win the they win against the Cardinals. I think it's time to move on. Okay, you don't want to talk about other teams in week four? Fine. Like they matter. Okay, well <laughs> I mean we may be facing some of them. Like Fine. Because there are other teams in the NFL. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> who decided to tell the Dolphins, like, okay, I know you hung 70 on a really bad defense. Now you got to play us. Uh, and Josh Allen looked, looked really, really good. I, you know, from what I've seen, the two best teams right now are the Niners and the Bills. Uh, the second tier are the Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Chiefs. But the Bills look, Bills look great. Brian, anything else? I don't know how much you got to see of of Week Four. All I anything was, else that that looked interesting? Well, you know, I yes, I did. I did follow the Miami Buffalo game, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it all all that much. But um, yeah, I, I guess I didn't. Uh, I know all the scores, but I didn't watch them each individually to find out who did what and um, what was big. But yeah, I expected Miami though to cool. uh, to show up a little bit more. So kind of in that game. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. All right, Tim. What about you? Anything else that, that stuck out in the? Because there was a lot of games at one p.m. slot uh, before the yeah. Niners came on. Uh, I think I was just I was a little surprised by how quickly and out of hand the Patriots Cowboys game got. I mean, I looked mm-hmm. up and all of a sudden it's like what twenty eight three at a half. I'm like, well, I thought Belichick would be able to do a little better, mm-hmm. but um, you know, when you're when you're giving up uh, defense, when when the Cowboys defense is picking up two touchdowns, uh, that's obviously a bad day at the office for for Mac Jones and and the Patriots. So that was the only one that kind of like I raised my eyes. I, I think the only ones that I kind of just sort of you know went. I'm I'm glad I'm not a fan and for that team is is the Bears number one. I just think talk about an implosion of a season. And then uh, watching the New York Giants last night, I just thought. My goodness, what what happened from a year ago when you made the mm-hmm. playoffs? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and of course they were playing Seattle, and you all know how I feel about the Seahawks, <laughs> as does every passionate yeah. Niners fan. So, um, I think that was one of the key reasons I was glued in on that game, and so disappointed in the Giants, of course. Yeah, and another one that's kind of a sleeper, and then and we'll move on to how I was betting this week is uh, Baker Makefield. It's nice to see Baker kind of back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm kind of wondering if we're going to see a progressive ad in his oh, new old stadium. You stole my line. <laughs> it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad to see him be successful uh, because, you know, I mean, he was basically forced out of Cleveland, didn't have a really good time with the Panthers. Had that great game last year with the Rams where he just came in and winged it around. 
And now he seems like he's got a home with the Bucks. So hopefully he continues, except when he plays the Niners in November. So moving on. So let's look at, you know, John's betting results. I had a pretty good week. I was four and two. So overall, I'm 13, 10, and one. So I'm very much in the positive. Uh, Brian, I'm going to give you props for this one. Brock Purdy, I did bet the prop bet. He yeah. was over 230. Good job. Yeah. So that was, thank you for that. Won that one. Pittsburgh was minus three over and lost to the Texans. And I'm not, Pittsburgh's offense is, they, doesn't, they don't have an offense. Yeah. Kudos to D'Amico Ryan. You know, doing a good job with the Texans. And C.J. Stroud oh. looks like uh, Rookie of the Year. Uh, I would say him and Paku Nakua was, are the two two frontrunners. Yep. Miami Buffalo, I bet the over at 53 and a half. That was a track meet. Um, Cleveland, minus two and a half against the Ravens. Well, if Deshaun Watson, he, he didn't play. And that was like a last-minute scratch. I'm like, well, crap, I can't get my money back there. <laughs> um, the Vikings gave me a little bit of a scare. It was minus three and a half over the Panthers, but I ended up winning. Kirk Cousins, thank you. And the Rams looked great for three quarters, plus one and a half over the Colts. Uh, Colts came storming back. You know, kudos to the new their new quarterback. Uh, but yeah, sweat that one a little bit on the plane. Uh, but they were Matt Stafford was able to uh, do well. So. And then in my survivor pool, the Chiefs did do it. They beat the Jets, although this is one of those weird things about betting. I was kind of rooting for the Jets, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyway, um, so this week, yeah. uh, here, here are my bets for any of you. John, John are... can I ask a question? Yes. Of course Does this you mean you're not a Swifty? Uh, no, it means I'm not a... for the Jets. Sure, I'm not a Swifty. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, so this week's bets, I am going, the Bills are minus five and a half against the Jags. Um, the Bills are top tier. The Jags offense has not gotten into gear yet. And I think the spread's a little light, especially because it's in Buffalo. Uh, so I'm going there. Baltimore minus four and a half against the Steelers. The Steelers offense is in complete disarray. Uh, I don't know about Pickett, if he's even going to be able to play. Um, so that, I think, is, is going to happen unless... Baltimore implodes. Texans plus one over the Falcons. TK Stroud's for real. And the Falcons are not looking great with uh, Desmond Ritter in their offense. Uh, Rams plus four over Philly. So this one I'm kind of waiting on. So I want to see how Matt Stafford is going to be. Is he hurt? Uh, but I may be at the Rams. He, he hip injury from the Indianapolis Colts game. Uh, okay. Um, so I got to look at that one, but I like that one because Philly has to go all the way across country. The Rams we've seen have been playing fairly decently uh, and Philly's offense has been a little bit misfiring, uh, but they're still an elite team. So I'm a little hesitant on that one. Um, Arizona plus three. I'm going to bet Arizona over Cincy. Again, Bengals offense has scored three points twice. And Joe Burrow does not look right. And he's on my fantasy team. Uh, and the Cardinals, I've seen him play Dallas. And I've seen him play the Niners. And they're playing well. Yeah. Uh, they're believing. And then and the Packers minus two half over the Raiders. The Raiders, I don't know if Jimmy G's back. They had a rookie. Uh, Raiders offense has been sputtering. Uh, Jimmy's throwing interceptions again. Because I think he got back to gunslinger mentality. Uh, so I'm picking the Packers on that one. So... Uh, Brian, I didn't see any Niners props. Uh, I probably will not bet anything prop-wise here because this game's going to be tight. Yeah, I didn't see any this week. I was trying to look for some to prepare for this podcast, but I didn't see any as of right now. So today's Tuesday. Yeah. So the only thing I saw was uh, Niners three, minus three and a half, and then the over-under is 45. So that's all I... They're too close to, to even think like one's going to be better than the other. So... And then in my survivor pool, I'm going Bills over Jags. So I'll see if I can make it to uh, week six. So you know, speaking back back really quick, John, to the under over under for the mm -hmm. week 45. I'm kind of leaning like if I was to bet, which I don't usually do, but I would think this week would be kind of leaning towards the under. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Because I think it's going to be a tight game. 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. And I think there's going to be a big grudge match from, you know, the playoffs from last year. So if I was to bet, I would think it would kind of lean towards the under uh, on that one. I don't know. So this is where I'm like, I can't really make a decision because both teams can run the ball fairly effectively, but both teams can also gash you very quickly with big plays. Yeah. And both teams have, you know, very, very good defenses. So to me, there's not a, there's just nothing that says it's going to be one way or the other. So, uh, when you, if you had to put my, I was actually thinking more over, I just, I just don't, I just don't feel this one. Um, so anyway, so Brian, that brings us to the halfway point of our show. All right. Which is Niners trivia time. And I, I'm sensing it might be Dallas. Let's see. All right. Yes, we are playing Dallas uh, this week. So I got four good questions. I'll read them out and then you guys will answer and then we'll do the answers on the other side. Okay. In the 2015 Tale of Two Cities NFL Network's timeline show, who are the narrators show, by the way. for the Cowboys and the 49ers? I want to say Sam Elliott was for the Cowboys. Yeah. For the Niners, oh, Bruce he was in Willis the Avengers. Maybe? No, he was in the Avengers. I can see his face. Jeremy. Um, I can see his face, but I cannot remember his name. Jeremy, come back. Is yeah, it? that's right. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, we'll come back. <laughs> All right, oh. <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> well, you're talking Avengers, so you already know Little the guy. Pre- Little preview, <laughs> yeah. little preview. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on in the in the next one. Okay, so in the catch game in the nineteen eighty one eighty two NFC Championship game, the, this is a three parter question. So all obviously right. we uh, to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Number one, what down was the catch on? What yard line did the play start from? And number three, who was the number one option on that play? Brian, I'm going to be something hard. <laughs> well, I'll go first because I'm not okay. super sure about this. I'm going to go third down on the three. Freddie Solomon was the first option. All right. Tim? It was third and three from the six. Freddie Solomon was the primary receiver. Final answer? Yes. Okay, moving on. Question. Uh, there are three players to win Super Bowls with both teams. Name those three. And for bonus points, see if you can name them all. All the Super Bowls. Charles Haley, Deion Sanders, and uh, Ken Norton Jr. Okay. I'm sorry, they were how? I, I didn't, I didn't I say how many. Yeah, I didn't say how oh. many. Oh, I, okay. I thought you said three. Oh, I thought you said three. Yeah. yeah I, I, would, I would say the same, same as well. Okay. And then do you can you name the Super Bowls? Tim Campbell. Oh, uh, <laughs> of, what, of, what, uh, of what each of them won? Uh, well, Sanders won 29 with the Niners and 30 with the Cowboys. Haley won Super Bowl 23 and 24. With the 49ers, he won 27, 28, 30 with the Cowboys. Um, and then Ken Norton won 27, 28 with the Cowboys. And then he won 29 with the 49ers. Okay. Final answer. <laughs> Our last question. Um, when did Dallas become, quote unquote, America's team? Why and how? If you know that answer. So it's, it's in the 1960s and it had something to do with their general manager's text something, but I'm going to turn it over to Tim because I can tell you right now, he knows the answer. (laughs) It was a, it was the name of the cowboy highlight video that NFL films had produced. Uh, And I want to say the year was 1975 and the, the uh, premise or the intro to it was 
they're on TV so often that people recognize them as much as movie stars or politicians. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they are America's team. Um, and so it, if memory serves, it actually came from the NFL films uh, idea, not from the Cowboys itself. And a little bit of, in, of more history on that. Tom Landry hated the idea of the Cowboys being America's team because he thought it just put a big target on their backs. Uh, so I'll say 75, and that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. All right. Let's move All on. Right. So let's move on to Cowboys Week. We're officially here because we finished all this other stuff for, on Cowboys Week. So Tim brought up a pretty good fact. So the overall series between the Niners and Cowboys is 19-19-1. Yeah. So yep. this has been a pretty good series over the years. They so have... overall, let's get some thoughts uh, from Tim just on overall what you're thinking about the game, and then we'll get to our keys of victory. Well, I mean, this is why you watch football. This is Cowboys Niners. This is Ollie Frazier. And this rivalry has gone back decades. And, you know, John, when we when you said uh, it's 19 victories for the Cowboys, 19 victories for the 49ers in one tie, they've also met in the postseason nine times. And so I just think, you know, when you look at these two teams, that the history of these two teams, the success of these two teams, and then the rivalry between these. I mean, the, you could not be polar, more polar opposites with Dallas, Texas, and San Francisco, California. So I'm fired up for this game. You know, like I said, we, we've circled it from the beginning of the season. So, yeah, cow, it's Cowboys. We, what do you do? Well, you, you bring your A game. I don't think there's anybody, there isn't going to be anybody who won't be up for this game. Um, and, you know, win in the trenches. Don't turn the ball over. I'll say one thing that I'm actually looking for is that if you look at the Niners last year, one of the key players of the game when they beat the Cowboys in the divisional playoffs, George Kittle, monster game. You know, he, of mm-hmm. course, had that juggling catch. But yeah. I read an article today, and I agree with this, is that the Cowboys are going to play cover one against the 49ers, which means you're bringing a safety up into the box. So you're going to try to stop the run and you're going to try to stop those quick, you know, passes to, you know, to Debo and IU. You're going to, you know, if they catch it, then it's going to be for a minimal gain. But that opens up a player like Kittle who can break that kind of coverage um, and extend those types of plays. So um, that's going to be my first key is to see, you know, what is George Kittle doing uh, and how are they trying to get him into the ballgame? How is Shanahan trying to get him into the ball? Brian? Um, I'm going to harp back to the defense. I think we really have to, like our safeties and our corners really need to just stick with their receivers and and just have good communication if they're going to drop off, if a corner is going to have to drop off a receiver back to a safety and just not let, just just not give up the big, big plays. I think I'm just going to go with that because I think that's what I watched from the game last week is that our safeties, especially our, our corners, I'm sorry, our corners really just let a few things go. So I'm going to stick with that. Our defense kind of plays them all tight. We'll see what goes from there. John? Uh, yeah, I actually went back uh, during my run this afternoon and listened to the 2023 schedule review that we did. And it was funny because we literally just skipped over the Cardinals. <laughs> and obviously we went right to the Cowboys. So you know how times change. Uh, that the you know, Cardinals were actually you know, decent football team. Oh, yeah. But yeah, this is Cowboys week. And I think we're going to see some, some things that we haven't seen the Niners do yet. I would not be surprised to see the Niners on D have more five-man fronts uh, to really uh, the, to show Dak something he hasn't seen before on film. I think they're going to go after because they have, the Niners have Debo and Ayuk presumably on the outside with Kittle in the slot, potentially CMC lining up as a receiver or use check. They're going to pick on the corners and the linebackers uh, a bit. I think we're going to see stuff that the Niners have been saving for a rainy day, both on offense and defense that are going, that's going to confuse the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are a very good football team. They have one of the best young linebackers in the game. And then Dak is Dak. I mean, he's a very, very 
good quarterback who's yeah. sometimes prone to mistakes, uh, but it's going to be a game. Uh, and I expect both teams to bring their A game uh, because at the end of the day, it could be the difference between home field advantage come January. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. I, and you're absolutely right, John. I, I think, you know, this is the first, now we've, we've been taking it one game at a time and we've been stressing that in other podcasts, but this is the first game I think any of us can look at and say, this is going to have implications come January. Yeah. Uh, because you're now at this point, you're, you're thinking about the number one seed. Yes. You've got, you know, many games to go is a marathon season, but we know what the implications is. I don't know if we've mentioned Micah Parsons yet, but I would, I'd, yeah, as you said, uh, John, you know, this is Colton McKinnis. That's we'd circled him as a potential mm-hmm. spot. So, all right, you're you're Kyle Shanahan. Do you block him with an additional tight end, like a like a dwelling, uh, like you keep killing, or do you just run away from him? Well, let's let's get to our keys to victory because that was one of them. Was mm-hmm. always know where Micah Parsons is because he yeah. moves around a lot. I expect him fully to go up against Colton McKivitz. But this is a game where I think Purdy is going to have to be like, okay, Parsons is over here, or Parsons is now as a linebacker. Now he's on the end against Trent Williams. I would expect the Cowboys to run a bunch of stunts where they have Micah come straight up the middle into Brock Purdy's face. But I think one of the keys to the game has to be like, where is Micah Parsons? Yeah. Because he's a game wrecker. He's, he's wrecked at least two or three games this year. Uh, you just have to account for him. Uh, Brian, any other keys for victory uh, for the Niners over the Cowboys? Well, I love to see, uh, you know, our defensive line get a little bit more sacks. I know I think there was only like what one or two last week. And obviously you've called it out. The Bosa run is only one mile. So you'd love to see more of that and him to get more pressure. I mean, I know he's getting, you know, he's getting, Bosa's definitely getting attention, but I just feel like he's not hitting home, you know, like they were used to seeing. So I just love to see a lot of pressure on Dak. And you're right, just kind of rattle him a little bit if it takes the five-man front to do mm-hmm. that. I'd love to see that team on his back. Tim, another key to victory? Well, it's going to be turnovers. And I think one of them was, you know, getting to, getting to Dak. Mm-hmm. You know, he threw two critical interceptions in the playoff game last year. Uh, Deontay Lenore had one that set up a field goal. And then right before the half, Fred Warner made one of the best plays, I think, all of last season. Um, that ended up taking points off the board uh, from the Cowboys just before the half. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going on what Brian just said. If, if you can get in there, you know, you push him around. Um, as you and I uh, chatted, John, you want... Dak to think he is the only way he he's got to carry the team and he starts pressing things and maybe starts forcing throws and that can give the 49ers an opportunity on defense to make a huge play a a big turnover yeah I'm gonna go also with the red zone and I Mm -hmm. think this is the only place that I see that the Niners have a very big advantage over the Cowboys so far this year the Niners have been excellent this year in the red zone the Cowboys have not. Uh, and that's, you can look at what the Cowboys did against the Cardinals and their defense has been doing a lot of scoop and scores and pick sixes and things like that. But if the Cowboys want to beat the 49ers on Sunday night, they're going to have to score in the red zone. Uh, if the Niners keep in the field goals, I mean, I know this is all football basics, but uh, the Cowboys have not been good in the red zone this year, and that's where I think the Niners really do have an advantage. Tim, anything else that, that comes to mind as a key to victory? Well, you talked about establishing the run, and I think just we we saw how good the Cowboy defense was last year. I mean, it was the first time. It was, it was, it's definitely the toughest defense that Brock Purdy, I think, has faced. I'm not going to count the Eagles because he pretty much wasn't out there, and when he was, he mm-hmm. couldn't do much. But the Cowboys, had they they really did corral the 49er off for quite a bit. I mean, McCaffrey had only 35 yards on 10 carries. Actually, Elijah Mitchell was the leading rusher in the game. So, yeah, if, if the Cowboys are going to bring an eight-man into the box, but the Niners are able to establish a run, I think the, the 49ers will be successful. Yeah, I think if the Niners establish a run, it's definitely going to be a key to victory. Brian, you brought up an interesting point. 
Mm. Trey Lance is no longer with the Niners. <laughs> I was just Trey Lance thinking, is a cowboy. I was thinking to myself today, like, wait a minute. This is is this why Dallas signed him because they were preparing for this game? So it was just something that was in my mind. I was like, wait a minute, this this is it's got to be coincidence, or or maybe it's not. Maybe you know, I think maybe Dallas wants to just get over the hump. And I know they the Niners had beaten them two years in a row in the playoffs, and maybe they mm. feel like this is their opportunity to do so. Who knows? But I just kind of thought about that today. I don't know, but of course he's probably going to give them some intel. Um, on the way Shanahan will operate. You know, as long as the Niners execute on offense and in defense, it shouldn't really matter. So, I don't know. Yeah. I disagree with you on, on that one, Brian. Oh, like, tell me, tell um, me, tell me. Go yes, they say. Well, well, they, okay, well, they signed Trey Lance, but, I mean, Intel is like, all right, you know what? Chris McCaffrey's really good. <laughs> I think you should stop. I don't, I don't know if that's the Intel that, that he's bringing in. I just don't know if the league really works like that, that there's just the, you know, the secret code or whatever the 49ers have. And let's also not forget, the 49ers signed Anthony Brown, a uh, corner from uh, from mm-hmm. the Cowboys who played with them for, for six years. So I think if anybody has the intel advantage, it's the Niners because they got a guy who's been with the Cowboys for six years. But at the end of the day, you know, you're going to line up, you're going to snap the football, and it's going to be, you know, you know, you're bringing your A game. You're going to bring, I'm going to bring my A game and well, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's going to be a game. The only other thing, it's not really a key to victory, but it'll feel really good if it happens is just shut Chris Collinsworth up because we know Chris Collinsworth hates the 49ers because he lost twice to him in the Super Bowl, and he's going to be cheering for Dallas. He's going to be like, oh, Dax this, Dax that. Mike is this, Mike is that. And I just want, like when he was calling the game against the Packers, and he was talking about Aaron Rodgers, you're going to bring it back, and watch what happens, and all of a sudden Jimmy hits George in the middle of the field wide open, and the, it's ball's game. It's ball game. So I just want Chris Collinsworth to just shut up. I just, <laughs> it's like, I felt so bad for the Swifties who had to listen to his dribble on Sunday night. <laughs> Just so two two things. I think number one, there's there's I don't think Chris Chris Collinsworth could probably cure cancer, and John still would be irritated. <laughs> Second, I love how Taylor Swift keeps coming into our our podcast. It just she just keeps coming in. Well, so. on, a, on a, somewhat of a serious, I will give. I mean, it's awesome that so many other people are being turned on to football because I think it's a great sport. And as Tim and and Brian and I have alluded over the years. Uh, it's a real family kind of thing because you watch it and, you know, it's got food and, you know, making homemades and crabby snacks and we're we're doing those kind of things. So, you know, for a teenage daughter who might have zero interest in football to join her dad and watch a little football. Yeah. Because she's a Swifty. I think that's kind of cool. That's um, cool. And if we could just shut up Chris Collinsworth, that would be awesome. Too. <laughs> so, so Brian, we'll move on to our usual up towards this is how the Niner Knights do. Cool. I lost fantasy football. Lost again. My team isn't that really that good this year, but I do have Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk. But the rest of the team is pretty crappy. As we talked about, Purdy had an excellent game. Only one passing touchdown, and he had the one rushing touchdown. So two touchdowns in total. Not a big, not a huge day. Um, Twenty-one points in fantasy, and then I think Ayuk. Obviously, has hundred and forty-eight receiving yards, which is about fourteen points. Um, so mm-hmm. good, good there. But it looks like your team won, I think. Uh, yeah, for once. Uh, it helps when yeah. I put in the guy from Miami who just, just seems <laughs> just scores lots of points. So <laughs> that helps. Zach Wilson also had a really good game. Yeah, uh, Joe Burrow has been my bust so far. Um, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. But yeah, no, it was good. Good win. See if we can't keep it going for another week. But um, yeah, so so Brian, tell us how we did. I I gotta admit, Brian, you were you were really up against it this week because I well I might know I was about to say Tim could probably tell you the score of all twenty <laughs> of the Niners' victories and that tie. So I you just really had no chance. I I I, I was gonna throw some softballs in here at the same time, but yeah, you know, I I knew this was gonna be just bring up some nostalgia. And it was it's good that you know this is the third meeting 
well, I guess two in the playoffs the last two years, but you know, after a 30 year dormancy mm-hmm. in the playoffs, it's, it's good to see it all back and, and see this rivalry back oh. in full swing. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So number one in the tale of two cities, 2015 NFL networks timeline, who are the narrators? Uh, one for the Cowboys and one for the 49ers. Um, who'd you guys say? Let's see. Sam Elliott and the guy from the Avengers. It's Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. You got that right. By the way, when I was looking this up, Sam Elliott was born in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, awesome. like our dad said, Sacramento's <laughs> full of cowboys. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and we'll have to explain to our listeners maybe on the next podcast, but that'll be an inside joke between John and I, and we'll explain it to Brian as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> number two in the catch game 81 82 the three parter question what down was the play what yard line Damn. was it on and who was the number one option tim third and three from the six number primary and... was was freddie solomon so you might be right at the six, but I was looking this up on Wiki. It did say it was the five. So um, they're um, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> did they round up? You know, you know why? You know why they're wrong? Because Vin Scully said it, and I actually watched that game today on YouTube uh, when I was supposed to be doing work. <laughs> well, all yes. right, let's move on. Okay, uh, who are the? players to win Super Bowls with both teams. Tim, you nailed this one. So, and you got all the numbers right. So Charles Haley, uh, Ken Norton Jr. and Deion Sanders. And you, right. Obviously, you were going to get this right. So, congrats. Um, Thank you. Number four, when did Dallas become America's team? Tim, you had it all right that it was what again? What caused it? Fell films. Mm-hmm. You have the historical background exactly right because what they were looking at all this, the stars or the movie comparing. Yeah, to, they were yeah. always on Monday Night Football and national games. And yeah, the intro was like they are recognized so often that they're basically celebrities, hence, they are America's team. So the only thing is, Wiki says 78, you said 75, but I'm off to believe you because. Yeah. Because you are the expert. So, you know, maybe we should call you the 49ers wiki from now on. I don't know. But yeah, they said 78 on, on wiki, but that was the only okay. thing. So well, I, I would maybe on that one, I'll go with wiki. So I'll give you a 3.75 on this one. Ah. Dang it. Tim. Well, I, I would give you, a, I give you an A+. Plus. <laughs> so for Tim and I, this is a late night game. I mean, this game comes on at 8.20. It'll be over by 11. I, hopefully I'll be able to wind down by one. <laughs> so Brian, what are you going to be doing for this game? Where are you watching it? I am not going to this game. It's too far to go on a Sunday night. So I'm going to be watching it at home. I'm going to make some chicken wings and have a couple beers watching it. So nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. You guys, Tim? are you going to be in the man cave, Tim? I, I will be in the man cave. Uh, my wife is going to be out of town on a business trip, so my daughter will be upstairs. But, you know, she has, she can text me or, you know, <laughs> call me on my phone from two floors up if she needs anything. Um, I think I'll be doing a lot of pacing, but I, I think, you know, I, I look at this game like that wonderful song from the 1990s by Ugly Kid Joe. I hate everything about you. And that's how I feel <laughs> about the Cowboys right, right now this week. <laughs> Um, John, what about you? I'm going to probably watch it. I'm going to watch it, I think, probably upstairs in the um, family room. Uh, I think we'll do something like chili. Chicken wings actually sounds delicious, so I might actually lobby for that. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm a little bit like my brother in that I I have my certain spot on the couch, and the game only gets tense if I get up and start watching it from a standing position, like really close to the television. So hopefully that won't happen. Usually it doesn't happen until like the third quarter. Uh, when we played the Saints in 2019, it actually started in the first quarter. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think uh, before we head off, Tim, any any final thoughts on this game? No, I I think it, it this is this is um, this is a heavyweight fight. But just one more thing, I'd like to 
to throw out, I want to give a big shout out to my good friend, Brian, uh, who ran a half marathon and set a personal record. Uh, so congratulations. Oh, to thanks, man. Brian, who not Great job, that, Brian. Then went to the Niners game after running 13 miles in there. So you got stamina, my friend. There, there's nothing like taking sure. like a Navy shower in the parking lot of the SAP center, just pouring water over your head. So, so you try not to smell going to, to, uh, right. <laughs> you know, I had no time to go anywhere. So I just, you know, I did what I had to do. And then I had to, as, as I was, I texted you guys this, but because I was running late and I couldn't find parking, Missy, my friend recommended just park at a BTA station, jump on the train. I will recommend that hands down. If you're ever running late to a game, do that because it'll get you into the stadium probably much faster because I saw those parking lines. Um, They were Mm -hmm. backed up for like, you know, probably a quarter mile. So it worked out, worked out just fine. It was fun. It was a great game, great day. It was a lot of fun. And thanks for the cheers, Tim and John on that day. So good stuff. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Yeah. Um, If we lose against the Cowboys, you're going to have to run 13 and a half miles to get this. (sighs) Gosh. Back on track. Um, I might. I might yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really excited for this game. Probably the most excited I've been for a Niners game this year. Uh, you know, it's going to be a build up all week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be Sunday night football. Uh, the anticipation on Sunday will be going up and up and up and up until till game time. And then we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's football is any given Sunday. So I'm super excited. I think it's going to be a game. I think I'm going to play golf before it uh, just to see how I do. And, you know, when I play golf before games, apparently we do pretty well. So uh, I'll keep up that trend. Plus, I like to play golf. So, um, but yeah, other than that, uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm John. Joined by my brother, Tim, my brother from another brother, Brian. Just say peace out, Niners Nation. Let's keep the Victory Tuesdays going. And we'll see you next week. Later. Later. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.